0: Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. This is going to be another student QA podcast. Derek Keith has joined me today. Derek, say hi. Hello, everyone. And do you want to tell the folks a little bit about who you are and what you do for Leading Agile before we get to the question?
1: Yep. So my name is Derek Keither. I'm one of the principal consultants with Leading Agile. Been around since almost the beginning when we were like five of us. And um I do just about anything when I engage with the delivery teams, program teams, portfolio teams, executives.
0: But you spend a lot of time out in the field working with customers who are trying to get their heads around how to make this
1: stuff work. I'm definitely a hands-on guy. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. So I'm going to drop the question on you as it was dropped on me this morning. I did a call with with somebody this morning, and this is the scenario that I was given. And I want to see how okay. you respond to it, and then I'll kind of share what my thoughts were. So this okay. is a person who's working at a, a company that is – is is In the process of transitioning, she's been through CSM certification. They have someone who's been appointed, uh, Scrum Master and they're doing some things that she wasn't quite sure about. So she wanted to check in on it. Now, uh, in their environment, it was just, we just got through the Christmas holiday. So I'm going to run through the whole thing and don't interrupt me till I'm done because you're going to want to. Okay? Okay. 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 Behave yourself. So, because it was a Christmas holiday, they switched from a three-week sprint to a two-week sprint. And one of the comments from the stakeholders was, hey, you planned as much work into this two-week sprint based on story points that you normally plan into a three-week sprint. And she started to wonder, hey, why are we not tracking the number of points each individual team member is getting done during the course of a sprint? (laughs) And that was when I started yelling into the phone. So I want to see what <laughs> you want to respond to this. Because I said, I did say, after I finished yelling, I apologized to her. I said, listen, I'm sorry. This is something I'm very passionate about. And I'm going to have somebody else weigh in on it later today. So
1: what what do you have to say in response to that? No. Know no, to which part of it? No. Okay. So one, I'm absolutely good with them changing or uh, moving from a three-week sprint to a two-week sprint. And I, I, and I applaud that they did it over a holiday break where it wasn't necessarily disruptive. They, they, they should be allowed to experiment, and they should be allowed to evolve their system of delivery. And if they believe that a two-week sprint is going to give them better feedback, then more power to them. So, so let, me, let me clarify.
0: They weren't switching permanently. They were just switching to a two-week sprint because of Christmas.
1: Oh, I misunderstood. <laughs> okay, I'm so, glad because
0: you were talking, and I'm like, "What?" So okay,
1: <laughs> so I, I, uh, Mr. Pryor, I would like to uh, with, you withdraw can, my previous statement. Okay, all right, um, uh, take two. Okay, so okay, so there are no do overs. What they should know, or what they should understand, is what their delivery ca- capacity is as a team, and if they are out on holiday break. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a holiday break or any sprint throughout the year. They need to understand what, as a team, what their delivery capability or capacity is. And they can adjust their commitment based on that. So it's interesting they change the duration of the sprint during the holiday break. You know, no. What they would do, you know, what I would see them doing is, you know, adjust their commitment given how many people are available during the holiday break. But in order to do that, so as I just kind of keep moving forward, maybe they do they know what their do they know what their delivery capacity is? Do they know what their velocity is? Well that's where she was trying to get to because
0: she's trying to figure out how many points each team member does each sprint. And so <laughs> then they can divide that by three and reduce the number of points each team member is allowed to commit to for the sprint.
1: Yeah, that's helpful, isn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that well, hold on. Derek was just sarcastic because yeah, that, that was, never happened.
1: That, that was my attempt at sarcasm. Uh, for those who don't know, I don't have a sarcastic uh, muscle uh, muscle, and so I'm exercising that sarcastic muscle. So now people think that I'm just really <laughs> going on, you know, losing my mind. So. No. I mean, what happens is I've seen this before. I mean, I've been a project manager and I tried to and I used to try to get the most out that I possibly could out of my people. And I remember going and asking them, hey, how long is it going to take you to do this? And I also remember them lying to my face over and over and over again. Because having individual estimates or trying to track individual capacity or throughput does not create safety for the individual. One of the reasons why scrum is successful is because it creates safety and it creates, you know, you're being, uh, you're either succeeding or you're failing as a team and there is safety within that, within that structure. And, and, you know, and in addition to that is not any one person on your team is going to be doing every bit of the work. And so to ask an individual what they you know what they're trying to understand what an individual's capacity is is kind of it, it's going to you know it's going to be a vanity metric it's not going to really help them because at the end of the day you're still going to need the other team members in order to get something done and accepted yeah that was one of the things so, that
0: i that i kind of locked in on was that sorry for interrupting but that no, uh, no, no, good. that a story Cannot be done by one person. That if you're doing this right, a story is something that has to be decomposed into a series of tasks, and individual team members will take individual tasks. A person takes a task, a team takes a story. And I think that they were, what they've been doing is dividing up stories amongst team members. Mm -hmm. Which, right, if you can't, you can't do all that work yourself.
1: So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. And and again, what's the behavior that's going to emerge when you start to do that? You know, you're going to at you. what are you going to do? You're going to find out who the lowest productive person is either. You're going to try to uh, identify the lowest productive person on your team. And then they're going to be asked why they're less productive than others. And they're not going to, again, they're not going to feel safe. Uh, And then if they don't feel safe, well, then they're not going to be honest with you. And they're going to wind up uh, changing the rest of us. you know and that's one of the reasons why we're going with this is why we're going you know going with a cross functional team that's why we're doing relative sizing that's why we made the decisions we made you know using the scrum framework and so they're kind of chipping away at the things that make scrum s- successful by trying to do that what they're what they're asking about doing
0: yeah i was really concerned about um, the idea of Having an individual team member have a certain number of points that they're, that are expected or responsible for, because one customer that I work with, not a leading agile customer, this was somebody a couple companies ago, um, there was a guy that was fired off of a team for not meeting his personal point quota in a sprint. Yeah. Which I found to be terrifying. I mean, it just it to me it destroys the entire notion of like one of the scrum masters' main jobs is to get this group of people to see themselves as collectively they are an I, but they are not a bunch of individuals that each have their stuff they're gonna do. We want them to talk Mm -hmm. every day about how they can reorganize themselves to make as much progress as possible.
1: Mm -hmm. I I was coaching a team in the intelligence community recently, and they were really interested in personal productivity or personal capacity and throughput. And I warned them. I said, hey, it's all great. You know, you, on a back of the napkin calculation, hey, so-and-so is more productive than this other person. But you all know that anyway. You know who, you know, the biggest brain in the room is, and they're they're going to be, you know, they're not the newbie. They're going to produce more. And so what why what are you trying you know why do you want to know what their individual capacity is and and again just be careful of what you're going to do with that information it's you know it some of it is like oh we're just kind of curious well great but it's not going to help you, you know, yeah i so think there's it, things it, you it, can
0: be curious of that are kind of like pandora's box like you, you open it and there's just nothing's going to come out of there but bad
1: Right. And and again, this is why we have a cross-functional team doing the estimates together, because any one person's individual estimate is not, you know, unless, you know, you know, again, it's a slippery slope. When you start asking for individual estimates, then what they're trying to do probably is normalize the story points to hours and to minutes, you know. And so, again, it's like one step, two step, three. They're doing each one of these things, trying to arrive at. You're trying to have a, a a better understanding of what their capability or capacity is, and it's just it's not they're not going down the right path. They're they're doing a lot of extra work, and they're not going to get the value out of it that they think they're going to get.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of where I went to too. And if if I remember correctly, what she said was that the developer who's going to work on the story they will estimate the work, but there is no estimate that's provided by QA or design or anybody <laughs> else that participates. So I was just like ah like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they so. just keep bringing it up another thing and another thing another one, yeah. yeah
0: so cool uh, dude i appreciate you taking time out for this i i said this was going to be a short one and i want to stick with that but i appreciate you offering some some advice and i'm going to share this with the person i spoke to this morning and if and if you are listening to this podcast and you've got questions about how scrum is working or how any aspect of agile is working and you'd like to get some some different thoughts on it, you can just send me an email. Uh, it's dave.prior at leadingagile.com. My last name is spelled P-R-I-O-R. And you can either type, type up the question or send me an audio file. And um, either Derek and I or one of the other coaches will get on a, a podcast and we'll be happy to respond to it. Um, and I'll include contact information for Derek and I in the show notes. So if you've got any follow-up questions, you're welcome to reach out to us. Do you want to say anything else before we adjourn for the day?
1: no other than yeah reach out just reach out to Dave reach out to myself ask the questions there are you know it's so interesting they they always think that their question is unique and that nobody's ever had this problem before and we're like yes you yeah. others have had this problem before <laughs> all and day long are to help you yeah. so don't be embarrassed don't be afraid just reach out to us and ask the question
0: yeah and we might make fun of you to your face but we'll never do it behind <laughs> your back
1: that's so. right
0: <laughs> cool alright thanks man appreciate it
1: thanks Dave